Well, welcome to Pregnancy Help Podcast. I'm Christine Grimmett, and I'm here with my colleague, Sarah Littlefield, who is our Life Launch Grant Program Specialist here at Heartbeat International. And we're talking with a few of our guests from Hope's Place Pregnancy Support Center in Goodland, Kansas. So Hope's Place opened up in January of 2020 as recipients of the Life Launch Grant. So as you know, that's right around the time we started hearing about this thing called coronavirus and world got a little bit crazy. So fast forward, here we are at the start of 2022 and Hope's Place is still going strong. So we thought we could highlight where they've started and where they are now and just what has helped them along the way. What connections have they made? One of the resources that not just our Life Launch Centers use, but many other organizations out there in the pregnancy help world are using is this episode's sponsor, Next Level. Crafted by a team of professional healthcare software developers, Next Level CMS streamlines intake and data collection to unleash your organization's power of women-centered service. Next Level is powered by Heartbeat International so that we understand the world of the pregnancy health movement. You can visit nextlevelcms.com for more information. Now, Sarah, I know you have some questions ready for our guests, so I'll let you start by introducing them. Thanks so much, Christine. Yeah, again, I'm Sarah working with the Life Launch Grant Program, and I have the amazing privilege of working very closely with these teams of startup organizations that are seeding pregnancy help into their communities, primarily communities that are underserved, meaning there's not um, pregnancy help available in those communities or could be a targeted community, meaning there's an abortion provider right in town and there's a need for increased pregnancy help. But we're met today by our pregnancy center in Goodland, Kansas, and I had the privilege of actually being with this team in person. I don't always get to go in person to these centers, but this one I did, and I'm so glad because their team is absolutely remarkable, and I can't wait for you to meet them. So I'd like to first introduce them, and I'll give each of them a little uh, chance to share about who they are, what they do in the center, and we'll jump from there. But First, I'll start off with Donna. Donna, can you introduce yourself as one of the founders of Hope's Place? Um, yes, that's true. I'm Donna Swagger. Um, I actually grew up here in Goodland, and then we moved to the big city and did all of the, you know, important things, I thought. Um, spent uh, 47 years in healthcare and um, retired from healthcare administration, and I thought I was going to sit home and eat bonbons, and um, God had a very different idea. And so when we started, the, I was one of the driving force to be able to start this just because of the experiences that I had had with my staff uh, in healthcare, and I just knew how desperate people are out here for information, for somebody to hold their hand and walk with them through situations that are challenging. Um, so that's kind of where it started. Excellent. Thanks, Donna. And you're joined by your colleague, Kim. Kim, can you introduce yourself? Yeah, my name is Kim Craig, and I am the director um, at Hope's Place. I uh, moved here from Hutchinson, Kansas, and uh, had been looking for a job for uh, a while that fit in with my family schedule. and. Um, applied at Hope's Place, and um, I'm just uh, so thankful uh, that God saw fit to me be the one that they ended up hiring. Um, It's been a blessing to me, and, you know, sometimes I think it's, uh, I've learned more from it than it has for me, but uh, I love working here. 
I love that. I think that's very true. We learn so much in these roles that we're called to, and we certainly find ourselves called to roles that we would never imagine. So Kim, I know you've been a huge blessing to the center coming on board with them. And we've also got Kathy with us today. And Kathy, could you introduce yourself and your role with the center? Hi, my name is Kathy Eftink. Um, I've been in Goodland for about five years now, and I've been involved with Hope's Place since, I don't know, early days, 2020-ish. And I'm a volunteer. I help with paperwork. I meet with clients. I do classes. I sort clothes when they make me. That is really my least favorite job, but I do sort <laughs> clothes when I have to. Um, and otherwise, I just kind of do whatever needs to be done. Excellent. Well, you are the volunteer that every center prays for. We want those volunteers who are willing to get their hands dirty and you know help with any task that's on their plate. And there's a lot of them. So Kathy, thank you so much for joining us today. And I want to take some time now that you've introduced yourselves, kind of go back in history. And it's funny because when I say go back in history, we're talking like two, maybe three years, but knowing this center, two to three years feels like a million years ago because of how much growth you've seen happen in those two to three years. So um, I'd love to turn it over to you, knowing we might have some listeners that are in a position of being interested in starting a center. So what was that experience like for you at the inception of Hope's Place and getting a team together and establishing these services in Goodland? Um, actually, it was it was kind of crazy. You know, the, our Kansas for Life organization kind of had this thought for, oh, probably 10 years that we needed to do something out here. And they really wanted to do something. And um, just nothing had gelled and come together. There hadn't been anybody that was able to get it started. So when I took over as president of Kansas for Life, I said, okay, so what's our goals for this year? And they said, well, you know, we kind of wanted to do this. And I said, well, then let's just do it. Because I knew that I felt called um, to do something with the Pregnancy Help Center. And with the situation that I had watched like I said, my staff go through, just not having the support, not having an option to make choices, uh, not feeling like they had what they needed to be able to carry through a pregnancy, um, and not having anybody tell them that there was anything different they could do other than abortion. We don't have an abortion facility in Goodland, um, but Denver is just a short bus trip. And we, you know, Planned Parenthood is very eager to get pick people up at the bus station and return them. So, um, and I knew that I had had staff do that. Um, I knew that I had had students. In fact, I had a student many, many years ago when I was uh, teaching at the college uh, that had had an abortion and a couple months later committed suicide. And I didn't know all of that until after the fact. And I kept saying, Lord, you got to do something about this. <laughs> and so he did. Um, when we started with Kansas for Life, they they thought, oh, there's no way that we can afford to do this. We had like $200 in our coffers. And I said, well, you know, if this is God's will, if it's something that God wants us to do, he will help us. He will make sure that it gets done. And so we had a little fundraiser and we, we made a couple hundred more dollars, you know, and uh, we found an office that we could rent for $400 a month. So we had our first month's rent and we did it. And we just, we rented the office and we're like, that was not very smart financially. I wouldn't recommend it because it's kind of a nail biter, but um, 
but we did. And, you know, gosh, it was like at the Kansas for Life meeting, we knew we had to partner with someone bigger, someone that had done this, somebody that had some experience. And as a healthcare administrator, I said, I need policies and procedures. I need, you know, manuals. I need paper. And um, we were kind of trying to put this together and decided there was no sense in reinventing the wheel. So we laid out uh, printed papers of several different agencies that we could partner with. And we prayed about it and just didn't really feel called to one or the other. And so we tabled it until the next meeting. And the next meeting, one of our gals said, we need to go with Heartbeat. And so that night we filled out our application for Heartbeat Affiliate. Now I had about, I don't know, a month earlier called one of our area organizations that does grant writing and asked if she had ever heard of a grant for starting a a pregnancy help center. And she said, no, that's never been on my radar. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. And she said, but I'll keep my eyes open. And after we signed that agreement to go with Hope Split, I mean, with um, Heartbeat, the very next day she called me and said, you know, I got to thinking about what you asked me and I thought I saw something and I put it in my trash and I went back and it was still there. And so she said, I forwarded it to you. And it was the Life Launch Grant application. (laughs) I said, well, I think that's divinely inspired. And so we pulled it out at the meeting and got ready to fill it out. And they said, $30,000 match. There's no way we can do that. (laughs) And I said, well, we can't, but God can. And, And so they very reluctantly filled out the application. I said, you know what? They're in like a million other countries. And we're just little old Goodland, Kansas in the middle of nowhere. Um, Our chances of getting this are pretty slim. So let's just do it, you know, just for kicks. It'll be good practice. We had the uh, interview. And Sarah, you'll probably remember this. Uh We interviewed and we had, I think, three board members at that Uh time or maybe four that we had pulled together and started forming our board. And that At the same time, we had a farmer pull up and donate like 200 bushels of grain during our interview with Sarah. I remember that. I remember (laughs) that. I was like, that's a first for me, for sure. (laughs) And I was like, well, okay. So we sold the grain and we had enough money to pay the rent. And, you know, things just kept falling into place. When it's God's plan, it's so much better and bigger than what we can imagine. And so we... Uh, We continued with that application process, and the day before Christmas, we actually were granted um, the grant, and and it was just like, are you kidding me? (laughs) Okay, (laughs) this is everything we needed. It was everything we needed to open our place, because we couldn't have done it without the policies and procedures, without the board direction, without the staff direction. All of the essentials were part of the grant, and just the empowerment of knowing that we were running with this project. So that's kind of how we started. It was almost by accident. I love it. We talk about how God has such a heart for every corner of the world. And Goodland's a part of that, you know, the work you do in your community. And one of my my favorite things about working with these more rural communities is the outreach that they have with the outlying areas, with their, you know, next door counties, with their, you know, next door towns. And you guys have that. I mean, your connection 
um, with those areas is just goes further than what we could, like you said, like what we could plan, but God knows how he wants to make those connections. So maybe you could speak a little bit more to that. Um, tell us about Goodland. Tell us about that connection and, and how your center looks compared to how others might look when it comes to serving clients. Well, actually, that's interesting because we started looking at other centers and how, and what size of a service area we would have. And there are no centers from Goodland to Denver um, that provide services. I mean, there are a few that might hand out diapers or something, but as far as providing services, there aren't. Um, there are no services from Goodland to Salina, and that's 400 miles both directions. So it's the service area is just phenomenal. In fact, since we have gotten started, we have two other centers that are interested in starting. They've come and visited our facility and, and been very attentive to what we're doing to see if they can get started within our service area, which would be wonderful because we we send items, we send classes by phone, we send stuff just, I mean, clear down to Wichita, just because they can't find somebody to provide that for them. So we really provide things for a huge area. So an interesting story about the the breadth of our services was uh, we had um, a lady email us from Russell and said that she and her husband, we actually had this kind of thing happen a lot last year where um, people would end up here or in in this region um, because of COVID, moving out of big cities and things like that. But she emailed and and said that somebody told her to contact us. She was going to have a baby, and I think it was like in a week. Yeah. Um, and uh, she didn't have anything because they packed what they could in their car and they moved. Um, so Russell is two hours from here, two and a half, maybe. And, you know, I, I said, sure, we've got the stuff, um, but we need to figure out how to get the stuff to you. And so then we get a phone call um, that a lady's son was coming here from Russell to a wedding. And uh, he was willing to pick up all of her, all the stuff. And so when he came here, we packed his car full of stuff and uh, he took it back to Russell. And we also were able to connect her with uh, other organizations that will be able to continue to help her out that are closer to her location. I love it. And I feel like that speaks to the greater affiliate services of, you know, the heartbeat and all of our affiliates and the way we're networked together. And, you know, the stories we hear of, you know, I've got a sister, I've got a client working in this state and they're, you know, hours or even days drives away. And we're able to connect them with the nearby center using Option Line Center Locator or um, the worldwide directory. There's just a number of different ways. So being a part of that network of support can oftentimes, like you mentioned, stretch even further than where our center's um, reach is. So I love the way that you've really taken that to heart and you really work through that true to our heartbeat affiliates. So we love that. I love thinking back again to the last two years in the growth. If you could give us some, um, just a picture of what it was like going from day one opening, which again, that was January, 2020. So we hadn't, COVID hadn't hit Goodland, Kansas yet. And even inserting a pandemic 
the amount of growth we've seen out of your center is truly remarkable. So I'd love if you could kind of walk us through what that was like, January 2020 to where we are now in January of 2022. What was that like? Oh, gosh. (laughs) It was it was crazy. Like I said, (laughs) we rented an office for $400. The office was in the front of a dance studio, and they were still using the dance studio and teaching classes in the back. And within two weeks of getting our phone number installed and our pad and pencil ready to take notes, uh, we had a person that wanted to make a large donation of material items. And we're like, we just have an office. You know, we just have a little pile in the corner and a Walmart card that we can go get a few more things. Um, So I just, my first thought was, oh, we can't do this. And then I just prayed about it a minute and I thought, okay, Lord, what do we do here? And so we took it and we kind of put it in a corner and took over a little more space in the dance studio. And then pretty soon we got more stuff and they had taken the floor up in one of the studios because they were closing. And um, so we started putting things in that studio and pretty soon that studio was full. And it was just like within within just a few weeks even of opening, we had all kinds of material items. People here were so generous with with material items that they wanted to donate. And we hear that even to today. They bring stuff in and they say, I just want it to go to somebody that can use it, somebody that needs it. And so they are blessed by being able to donate things to us. And we, you know, we have, oh my goodness, taken, we bought the whole building in August. Um, COVID started and we just kept going and we stayed open and we ran into an awful lot of people with an awful lot of need and an awful lot of just hurt and hopelessness. And we had people calling Hope's Place that were suicidal. We had people calling Hope's Place that just, I think they just needed somebody to talk to and they would come in and we'd have a cup of coffee and And, uh, you know, so it broadened our scope tremendously because we thought we would just be handing out a few diapers and wipes. And pretty soon we were handing out the material items necessary, the swings and the bouncers and, you know, all of those sorts of things. And the car seats, oh my goodness, the car seats have been great. Um, just, Just a tremendous number of things. We bought the building, but the owners retained the garage for another six months. And we were just itching for them to get out of the garage because we were bursting at the seams. Now our garage is full of shelves and it's full of all kinds of items. Our studios have become offices or are becoming offices. Our boutique is just packed to the gills with things that when we have a young woman come in who's pregnant, We do a little profile, you know, an intake thing. And then we talk about the things that she's going to need to make her feel like she can actually do this. Um, And then we walk back to the boutique and we have a little checklist of things that they can check off and say, okay, this is what I need now. This is what I'll need later. But if we can calm that tornado and help them understand that the material items are just material items. They're not important and we can provide those. Let's do some classes. Let's do some prenatal stuff. Let's do some, you know, learning about how you're going to take care of this child and all of those sorts of things. Um, and just walk with them 
constantly. I mean, they're in here once a week taking classes or coming back for a few more items because we don't want to overwhelm them with giving them everything at once. And we want them to keep coming back. It has changed so much from what we thought we were just going to need an office and a few diapers. And now we've got so many services. Oh my goodness. And the partnerships and the affiliations we've made with so many other organizations, not only in Western Kansas, but international. I mean, they're everywhere. They're all over the place. And so we've, we've been able to partner with a lot of people that can provide things for them. I love that. And I, I love thinking that, I mean, even just buying the building, you guys are, you know, moving towards medical these really big tasks, you know, that the resource centers dream of. And we even referenced, you know, a 10-year plan. We're two years in and your 10-year plan is really coming to fruition, which is pretty amazing. What could you kind of give us some idea of what were some of the things that really helped you to get where you are now? Because um, we talk about Life Launch really trying to help startup centers go further, faster. And I know we probably have some people listening that are where you were, where you're by faith putting down $400 to an office and like praying you have a way to make rent the next month. So what were some of the things that really helped you get from where you were when we first started talking to where you are now, just thriving in the way you're serving? Um, actually, I think probably something that helped us a great deal was having having the life launch. Um, like I said, the papers, you know, being an administrator, I was like, oh, I got to have all this. Um, but it gave us direction and it, it grounded us very well so that we were able to move forward without um, the flurry of wondering what we do next. Mm-hmm. The, um, the board seminar that you came and did was amazing because not only did it help us get organized and figure out how we need to move forward, it gave us the belief that we really could do this. Uh-huh. Because I think until that time, we were like, okay, we made one month's rent, we made two months rent, we're okay for right now, but can we really do this? And that just really solidified our belief in that. And then, of course, the other things involved in the life launch, like the next level, which keeps us organized, you know, being able to put all of the stuff in there and pull the data back out when we need it. Kim and Kathy can talk to that a lot more because I spend a lot more time on the floor and and they do a lot of that uh, with Next Level. But it has been huge as far as being able to keep us organized. Yeah, would love to hear more about that. This is such a vital resource. And we know that not just life launchers are using this. Um, we have lots of affiliates and, and non-affiliates that are also taking advantage of these. So tell us about what it's been like to use as a benefit for your center in getting further faster. So when we first started, I did the training to kind of utilize the next level software and went through the whole training. And it's like, oh, this is going to be great. And at the time, I think we had like five clients and maybe 10 donors. And we're like, okay, this is great, but it's probably way more than we need. Um, Two years in, I don't know how we could have done it without it. (laughs) Um, Because it's constantly something where it's like, okay, you know, oh, what's her phone number? Or, oh, you know, we need to get a hold of this person or that person, or this person promised more hamburger. How do we get a hold of them? I mean, things like that, or Donna is infamous for going, oh, hey, I need to get a hold of so-and-so. And it's like, she usually has a first name and that's it, <laughs> which is fine. But, you know, with all of our files being alphabetical by last name, we be, being able to look up in next level by first name is invaluable to us. 
And then being able to keep track of our donations and our donors is the other part of it. Knowing, I don't know, it's so it's so amazing sometimes what we get in. Uh, like Donna said, one of our first donations was grain at an elevator. It's like, what do you do with grain at an elevator, you know? And so being able to track things, not just monetary donations, but we also track our material donors also. That kind of thing just kind of lets us keep track of everybody, both our clients and our donors. And if we wouldn't have had that at the beginning, I think we would have been a lot more disorganized than we are right now. (laughs) But, you know, it really helps us to be able to access it. And the fact that Kim can access it in the office at Hope's Place, and I can access it on my computer at home to kind of help stay up on paperwork, or I need to write a letter or something like that, and I can access it somewhere else, or I bring my laptop into Hope's Place to help with stuff. It's nice that we can access it on more than just the one computer, which is great with it being web-based. It's like, hey, I can be in Missouri and access Hope's Place next level and get information if I need to. I love it. Well, I'm thinking of how quickly your organization has grown. As you kind of referenced, you know, at the beginning, you're thinking, oh, you know, it'll take us a while to get to the capabilities that Next Level provides. But it happened very, very quickly. (laughs) It did. Areas and volunteers and clients and don't. Mm -hmm. You guys are taking advantage of all of that. You were actually one of our first Life Launch Centers reached the tier two level, which is 500 plus names. So you guys are well into next level have been using it very actively. So I know you can speak very, very clearly to that. Kim, did you have any thoughts? I I didn't know if I saw you in mute or not. Yeah, primarily I use it for uh, reporting Mm -hmm. um, as far as uh, to the board. So the reports help me to say, we are still getting new people. We haven't served all of the people in this area, mm. you know, and uh, so that's one of the primary uses I have for it. But I did, I had something happen yesterday. I was racking my brain trying to figure out, trying to remember who gave us Christmas meals for some of our clients. And I'm like, I cannot remember that guy's name. And so uh, Kathy showed me how to pull up the list uh, of donors and I was able to scroll through there and came on the name. So sometimes it just helps with my memory, but we also use it as far as how often people are coming in because sometimes that's an indicator uh, that they maybe need some help with budgeting. We don't like to limit, but we will to one time a month if it becomes a place where, you know, people are coming in every single week for product, uh, we are very, very fortunate in the fact that, I mean, we have laundry detergent and dish soap and toilet paper and, you know, those household necessities. So we were able to look back and say, oh, they were just here two weeks ago or something like that. Um, which is very helpful for us in in order to maybe see where they need a little extra help. Uh, sometimes there's some real basic stuff that, you know, such as budgeting. Yeah, I think what, what I'm hearing from you is such a, a good point and a very common experience for pregnancy centers, but the way you've been able to use your client reports to track what are the deeper needs or those underlying needs of your client. And, you know, they might come in presenting a need for dish soap or toilet paper, 
But like you mentioned, if you're able to track that information, you can see, okay, we've got a history of this client coming in weekly or biweekly. Perhaps there's a greater need, like you mentioned, for budgeting, for education. And that's what you do at your center. So, you know, you're not just there as a Band-Aid. You're there for um, providing services to your clients, to your community that will help them to thrive, not just survive. And that's what we love to see. So a great, great example of just a way to utilize those reports, because I think what you mentioned about the reporting to the board, um, when you're reporting to donors and what they're investing in, that return on investment, but even on a greater way, like how you're serving clients and where are the deeper needs that we might be able to track through something like next level. So great point. Didn't think about that, but it's so true. And I really appreciate you being able to shed light on that. But you guys have, I, I just, I could stand here and sit and talk to you for hours and hours and hours. But um, while we get ready to tie up this podcast, the last question I have for you is what advice would you give to our listeners who are thinking of starting a center, um, who might find themselves looking at a location and dreaming about that being their spot, but how could we possibly raise the money? How could we possibly staff? How could we possibly provide resources? What's the advice you'd give to that listener? You can't, but God can. That really is the bottom line because we couldn't have done any of this. We couldn't, we couldn't have even dreamt that we could do this. But God has touched so many organizations to help us. You know, when we first started, we had a one-year, three-year, five-year, 10-year plan. And our three-year plan was to get an ultrasound machine because we knew how vital that would be. Um, our Knights of Columbus heard about us opening and our whole region of Northwest Kansas Knights of Columbus got together And by May of our first year, got us an ultrasound machine. And I was just like, whoa, we don't even have a place to put it yet. But you know what? (laughs) That all materialized too. (laughs) Uh, You know, one of the churches said, oh, you have an ultrasound machine. How about we buy you an exam bed? Um, You know, it's just by reaching out. And we've done a lot of of talking at churches. We go and do little presentations. We, We just talk about the generosity of God. Because God is so generous when you're doing his will. And he, everything we do, we pray about. There are many times we'll get, you know, a request or an email or something. And we just stop as a team and pray about it because God knows the answer, but we don't. Mm -hmm. So pray, pray, pray. I love it. And you referenced that, that philosophy or that idea of you're inviting God's people to do God's work. Yes. You're doing that in your community. And I think of our our generous donors to the Life Launch Grant and the way they are just seeding into and following that call of God to help seed pregnancy help into communities like Goodland. So I love, I love that you um, follow that. That's awesome. Any other thoughts from Kim or Kathy? So one of the things that kind of stands out to me is that you have to ask for help and you have to accept help Um, on a regular basis. You know, We only have two paid employees at Hope's Place, and Lord knows there's no way they could do everything. (laughs) Honestly, I'm not sure how they get as much done as they do, but without volunteers, you know, people that come in and clean our garage, it seems like every couple of months our garage is overrun. You can't get through it, Um, but we have to be willing to accept help. When they come in, they go, hey, what do you need help with? Sometimes it's just, can you clear the meeting table? Because it's flooded with stuff again. Sometimes it's, well, we've been under construction. We have sheetrock dust all the way out to the front door. Will you vacuum? You know, it's accepting help. 
And with the ultrasound machine, it really helps show us how far our reach goes because um, we do ultrasounds for everybody from Hoxie, Kansas to Burlington, Colorado to St. Francis to Sharon Springs. Everybody knows we have an ultrasound and ultrasound machine and that we do those for free. And our ultrasound technician is a volunteer. She works at Hope's Place around her regular working schedule. And so it's kind of amazing to see her come in and do all that work and everything and just accepting help from far and wide. And it wouldn't get that far without us accepting help and asking for help when it's needed. Excellent. Great advice, Kathy. Thank you. How about you, Kim? That was uh, what Kathy said there at the end is uh, the thing that uh, I have uh, seen is sometimes we have to ask, um, you know, for specific things. And uh, there, there's a couple resources that we have for that. We have a Facebook page. And like the other day, we needed a microwave. I put it on there. We had one the next day. But we also have a one of our volunteers does a prayer list. It sends out a prayer and praise list for us every week. And and at the bottom uh, or in the prayers, I will say, you know, our washer's not working. We need a new washer. And, you know, we had one within a week. So sometimes nobody knows unless you ask that we need those things. Mm-hmm. You know, we've, we've amped up our, our fundraisers. Uh, we're looking, always looking for new uh, in, innovative ideas to uh, do for our, our fundraisers. And uh, sometimes you have to just get out of the box and do something that's not really comfortable. Um, I have to do that a lot. I don't work on the floor as hardly at all. <laughs> I, I work primarily in the office, but, you know, sometimes it's just a situation where I have to get out, get out of the office and get out on the floor and, and remember just exactly why I'm here and who I'm working for. Maybe that is your catchphrase for Hope's Place is getting out of the box and getting uncomfortable because I feel like that is the theme that is run through. But how amazing to see where God has brought you by taking a step out, out of the boat, onto the water and trusting that he's going to lead you because your, your 10 year plan is being orchestrated in two years. So I think that's something to celebrate. And I'm just really grateful that all of you took the time to join us today, share your story. And I know it's going to be inspiring for those that are considering starting a center. Maybe they're the ones that woke up this morning and thought, man, that dream really was vivid. And God was telling me I need to open a store. I want to, I want to hear from that person. So make sure you email me, Sarah Littlefield. I'm sure that that's included. But thank you so much for sharing that inspirational story and being reminded that we may not be able to, but God can. And I I love that message. So thank you. Hey, thanks Donna and Kim and Kathy for sharing with us and taking us through your journey from the last couple of years until now. Um, And all I could think of was maybe we need to meet up again in a couple of years and see where you've been since then. I, um, 
you can't see the listeners can't see this, but Donna is at the center and there's just all kinds of construction happening before we started recording. She was walking us through a little bit of some of their plans for the future and and you can just see it. You can literally see it coming together behind her and that's just incredible. So thank you for your dedication and the work that you're doing. Uh, We'll be praying for you guys. And hey, to our listeners, if you're interested in any of the resources that were mentioned, you can go to heartbeatservices.org. There's a lot up there just on that homepage. And actually, if you keep scrolling down on that page, you'll run into um, links to a lot of those resources that we mentioned. So heartbeatservices.org. You can also use the search bar, search for Life Launch. That will get you connected to Sarah. Um, Or just give us a call at Heartbeat and we'd be happy to talk to you about either starting a center or how we can partner with you to um, strengthen your organization. So thank you for listening to this episode of the Pregnancy Help Podcast.